0: seated and open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 16, John the 16th chapter. And uh, we're going to look at verse 7. Uh, We're going to look at it from the amplified version. And uh, we're going to see some things uh, concerning the presence of God and concerning the blessing of having the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. It's a very powerful truth. We've been talking a lot about how to activate the presence of God and in really learning how to follow the Spirit of God. I've discovered this. When I acknowledge Him and trust Him and lean on Him, He will always direct my path. And the paths that He directs us onto are wonderful paths. There's bright futures for each and every one of us. In John 16, verse 7 From the Amplified, the Master says, However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, it is good, it is expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Helper, the Advocate, the Intercessor, the Strengthener, the Standby will not come to you, into close fellowship with you but if I go away I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you so we see here in the word of God that it's better that it's more advantageous for him to go away and there are a number of reasons why it's better and why it's more advantageous but one of the major blessings of him going away is there was another like him coming, a paracletos, the Holy Ghost, one called alongside to help. Amen. Amen. It's better because one of the major differences is he's been with us, but now in the new birth, he's in us. And in John 14 and... Verse 16 and 17, he said, I'm going to ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. And he goes on to list the various aspects of what this comfort is. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive or welcome or take to its heart because it does not see him or know him and recognize him. But thank God we know him. We recognize him. And we can have communion with Him. For He lives not only with us constantly, but thank God He is in us. So in the old covenant, were they not used to God being with them? You know, if you look in the book of Numbers, you will see in the tent of wilderness that God would lead them in a cloud by day and in a fire by night. And the Spirit of the Lord was in that cloud. And so when it was time for them to move, the cloud would move. When it was time for them to camp, stay a day, stay a couple days, stay a week, stay a month, the cloud would stop. But then when it was time to go, they'd follow the cloud. And so in a sense, they were following God by following the cloud. And then... Jesus came on the scene years later, and he was with them for three and a half years. And did he not have the Spirit without measure? And they were able to go to him, and they were able to ask him questions, because he was with them. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying, it's much better, because now I am in you. The Bible says, know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Yeah. He said, don't you know that you've been bought with a price? He says, Christ Jesus is now not only with you and for you, but Jesus Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Amen. So in this new covenant, everything changed. Amen. Back there... Their whole existence, their whole day, their whole life was just in that cloud, in following the cloud. And I thank God that you and I, we've got a guide on the inside. No longer are we directionally challenged. You know anybody that's directionally challenged in the natural? I've been there. Perhaps you've been there. But thank God he's put a compass on the inside of us. A guide living on the inside. The wonderful thing about him is he knows the end from the beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega. If he's the beginning and the end, we can trust him to take care of the in-between. Every day of our lives, looking to him, checking with him on the inside, not having to have a prophet give us a word, not having to call up, if you will, everyone in the 510-650-925 area code and asking them what you should do. How many of you know that prophets in the New Testament are different than prophets in the Old Testament? prophets in the old testament their role basically if you get a word from someone who stands in the office of a prophet that is simply to confirm something that you already have on the inside of you the role of the new testament prophet is not to tell you what size shoe to wear the role of the new testament prophet is not to tell you to marry this person or not marry that person that's not their role The role of the New Testament prophet is not to prophesy money out of your pocket into their pocket. I know I'm preaching real good. The Bible does not say for as many as are led by prophets, they are the sons of God. Now you may receive a word that confirms something that you already know on the inside. It's the witness of the Spirit. Amen? But we should not go seeking the voices of prophets, and we should not go seeking angelic visitations. We should not really even seek audible voices. Now, we're living in days that are supernatural. But I've discovered that the supernatural is not always spectacular. Now, if God does desire to use a spectacular means by where He wants to speak to us, through an angel or through an audible voice, God is God. And he can do anything he wants to do. Amen? Amen. And so we want to be open to that, but we do not want to be seeking those things. We're to seek the Lord with all of our heart. We're to inquire of him. And you know, he will lead you, he will guide you by that still, small voice on the inside. Aren't you glad you've got a guide on the inside? You've got a compass on the inside of you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You see, your spirit, man, it is the candle of the Lord, Proverbs says. The Spirit of man is the lantern of the Lord. And in your spirit is where God shines His light of direction. And He will guide you in your spirit through the Holy Spirit. Say it with me, the Spirit of man. man. It's the candle of the Lord. Searching all, Searching all the inward parts, the inward parts of, the belly. of the belly. Where does God lead us? He leads us right here. Amen? Amen? And out of your belly, out of your innermost being, shall flow the directions that God's got for your life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen? That is an awesome truth. I believe this, that the greatest blessing of being born again is the ability to have Him on the inside leading, directing, and guiding us all the days of our life. That's how we came to California back in 1982. We didn't know that there was going to be a church for us to pastor here in the Bay Area. We just had this knowing, this inward witness on the inside of us that we should load up our stuff, get in our car, and go to California. No, we weren't from Tennessee. We were not the Beverly Hillbillies. (laughs) But we had about as much before the Beverly Hillbillies came, but that's another story. But on the inside, you see, on the inside, you'll know what to do. It's a knowing. The Bible says that we have an unction, a knowing, and anointing from the Holy One, and we know all things. He'll show you and lead you and guide you into all the truth. And it really was a miracle when we got here because the Spirit of the Lord began to unfold His plan when we got to the Bay Area. The next thing we knew in another month, we were pastor in a church. Had a place to meet. Had a group of people that would put up with us. It was an awesome thing. I married Brenda Edwards Thomas by the Inward Witness. I knew that I knew that she was the one. And by the way, she's still the one. She's still the one, and she's going to be the one, because she's the only one for Mark Thomas. Amen. Amen. I got that song rolling around now. Still the one. Amen. We're sitting in a building. Just We knew that this was our place just by the inward witness. We didn't have an angel visit us. This was a movie theater, a six-screen movie theater. Who buys a movie theater and converts it into a church? Holy Ghost filled, Holy Ghost led, Holy Ghost serious. Believers do that. But it just came by the inward witness. I was out golfing at half moon day. Yes, golfing. Pastor Mark, you golf? Yes, I golf. And I don't do it well. (laughs) But I was out there with my good buddy, Keith Hershey. And we were golfing, just minding our own business, having a good time. We were done, and I think I got a call from Ingrid saying, you know, there's a, there's a place you should look at. It's a, it's a movie theater that's up for sale, and you are being notified of it before it goes public. Hey, inside information. And so through the process of time, just being led by an inward witness, God just kept opening doors, just kept opening doors, just kept opening opportunities. And here we are in 2014, sitting in our place called there. Amen. Amen. But you see, God not only guides in big things, He guides in little things. I'm telling you, ladies, He'll lead you and guide you to the best sales. Got to get some of you ladies on my side. You talk about buildings and golf, you lose some of them. But I tell you what, I know for a fact that my wife has been led to go to certain stores to get sales. She always comes home with a big smile on her face. Oh, honey, honey, honey. She doesn't sound like that. (laughs) But she says, look what the Lord has done. Anytime I hear, look what the Lord has done. I'm thinking, how much this time? But God will lead you. God will guide you. You may go to a car dealership. Seriously. And you may be looking at a car. And it may look good. And it may seem like the right one you want. But on the inside, you get a check in your spirit. You know what a check in your spirit is, don't you? A check in your spirit is like a red light in the realm of the spirit. And it's a no. No, not that one. Not that one. But then you may go to another dealership and it'd be the same car the same color with the same amenities to it and you just know that you know that that's the one. Well, what's the difference between that car over there and that car over there? The difference is the Spirit's leading you to get that one and that's all you need to know. Do you really think the Holy Spirit would lead you like that? Absolutely. You don't know what happened on the line when that car went through. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. I like to operate on the green light, yellow light, red light in the spirit. You know what a green light is? A green light is that velvety, it's not really like a feeling, but it's just that velvety knowing on the inside of you that you know, that you know, that you know that it's right. It seems good in your spirit. You know where your seamer is, don't you? Your seamer in your heart. Your knower is in your heart. And so as you're going down this path of life and you're seeking God about certain things and and you're you're asking the Lord you know I've got a choice here should I do this should I do this should I do this should I do shouldn't do this and the spirit of the Lord gives you a green light you know what that green light means that means proceed that's just a witness in your spirit amen Amen. and then as you proceed and as you go along in life that light turns yellow what does that mean that means proceed, but proceed being very cautious and looking and checking to see if he's going to have you stop. But if you get a red light in your spirit, baby, it is a no-no. Amen. As like I said last week, you know, if fine comes on the scene and got saved last week... And fine's telling you all the things he's going to do for you. And fine looks good. And fine does this. And fine does that. So I said, does fine pay the bills? No. Are you listening to me? you got to know on the inside of you. When you make a commitment, when you make a covenant with a person to spend the rest of their, your life with them, you better do a background check. In this area, you better do it. You better know that you know, right on the inside of you. Romans chapter 8, let's look over there. Romans 8th chapter. Dad Hagen said this, he said, Any person who shuts his spirit away and never listens to it, because the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, becomes crippled in life and becomes an easy prey to selfish and designing people. Selfish and designing people are people with wrong motives. But, now listen to this, the individual that will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. The person that learns to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. I got a question for you. Is that you? I didn't get a hard enough amen on there. See, you're the one that makes that choice. You're the one that chooses to be led or just to ignore him. You're the one that chooses to live your life for him or to live your life for yourself. You know, the choice is yours. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force anything on you. But oh, if you want to rise to the top in life, listen to him. Learn to follow him. Amen. Now understand this, that rising to the top in life has very little to do with what you wear. It has very little to do with where you live. It has very little to do with your bank accounts. Now, if you learn to follow him, he'll take care of you materially. But I believe this rising to the top in life, one of the characteristics of it is this. Is you go to bed tonight and you put your head on the pillow and you know that you're in the perfect will of God. You wake up in the morning and you say, good morning, Lord. What would you have me do today? The sense of knowing that you know that you've been faithful and you've been obedient is you rising to the top in life. And when you are faithful, you will abound with blessings. You see, the blessing is His part. The faithfulness is our part. Amen. Amen. Say it with me real strong. "I, I, by the grace of God, I'm rising. I'm rising. To the top in life. So it's our part to find his will, follow his will, and finish his will. I've determined in my heart that I'm going to finish the will of God. I'm going to make it all the way to the finish line. How about you? We're going to do everything that God's called us to do. Amen? Another person said this. The one who lets his spirit gain the mastery... And influence over him in critical times is the one who will climb to the top. Let me read that again. The one who lets his spirit gain the mastery and influence in him in the critical times. Do we face critical times? Do we not all face adversity and adverse circumstances? That are not very comfortable. Anyone who tells you become a Christian to become spirit filled and you will never have any problems is lying. I did not call them a liar, but I'm telling you they're lying. Because it is in direct contradiction to the scriptures. The scripture says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But we don't stop there. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Jesus said in the world you're going to have some tribulation. But be a good cheer. Why, Jesus? Because I've overcome the world. And not only have I overcome the world, but I have placed my world overcoming faith on the inside of you so that you could face your mountains and face your Goliaths and face your challenges with the spirit of faith and cause, you'll be caused to triumph in every area of life. Amen. 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 But critical times... Come to every one of us. Now listen, if you're not Holy Spirit conscious, and if you're not Word conscious, it is highly likely that you will fall apart when difficult times come. It is highly likely, if you're not glued to the Word, and if you're not glued to fellowship with Him, that you'll come unglued. Amen. But if you'll stay in him and stay in his word and stay glued to him, vitally connected to him, you will rise to the top in life. Hallelujah. Welcome to the top. Welcome to the summit of victory. You know, you've seen those people climb mountains and take on challenges like that. It was not without perspiration. It was not without difficulty. But oh, when they got to the top. Whoo, the sweet smell of victory. You're an overcomer. And I'm an overcomer. And that's what overcomers do. What do overcomers do? Overcomers come over. Come over what? Anything that's trying to stop them. Say it real strong with me. I am am an an overcomer. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, look with me at Psalm 16, if you would, and we'll switch gears here just for a moment. Psalm 16. Look with me at a couple of verses here now this morning. Psalm 16, verse 7. And so, invite him and, and uh, open up to him. You know, one of the, the keys to being sensitive to his presence is just being open to him. Open up your heart to Him. Be open to Him telling you something to do that He never thought He'd have you do. Be open to the direction of the Lord. Invite Him and He will instruct you. In Psalm 16, notice with me in verse 7, He said, I will bless the Lord who has given me what? Now notice with uh, with me, earlier we read that the Spirit of God is our Counselor aren't you glad he said I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel my rains also instruct me in the night seasons the word rains there literally means my heart will instruct me in the night seasons the Jerusalem Bible says my inmost self will instruct me amen and so we learn then to look to Him and to get quiet before Him. Not too long ago, a good friend of mine was out here preaching. has a nationally known ministry. If I said his name, you'd know him. And uh, we always look forward to, to being around him and his wife. They're good friends. And they, he has a great word and a great influence in the body of Christ and, in, and a true man of God. Well, I know that The time he was out here, he was in the midst of a lot of things concerning starting another church. He has a church in Branson, and they also have a church in Sarasota. And he was here, and he brought a message to our congregation called Clear to Hear. Everyone say clear. Clear to hear. Did you know that you can't be cluttered in life and be able to hear? Clear to hear. And so we had fellowship after the service, and I said, well, I said, brother, you want to go to San Francisco? You want to go get something to eat? And he just looked at me, and I could tell he was checking on the inside. He likes us well enough. He'd go to the city and fellowship with us. But he said, no, he said, I better be quiet. I better get quiet. I better get quiet. In other words, I need to stay in my hotel room, and I need to get quiet before the Lord. Quiet. Quiet. Get Quiet. I wonder, is there any value in us getting quiet? Getting quiet. What does getting quiet mean? That means unplugging from things that would distract us. That means putting ourselves in a position to hear. But it also means when you're getting quiet before the Lord, you're also putting yourself in a position of rest. You see, resting in the Lord is an awesome thing. And I've discovered this, that in times of quietness and in times of resting before the Lord, not really approaching Him for anything particularly, I've discovered that His direction comes and that His word becomes more alive in my spirit. So he said, I've got to get quiet. I've got to get quiet. You know, the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord. That's another way of saying those that get quiet before the Lord. As we get quiet before the Lord, wonderful things happen. There comes a renewal of our strength, one thing. There comes an exchange of our little strength for His great strength. And as we're quiet before the Lord, there comes a renewal and there comes an ability to run and to walk. And not be burned out. Amen. Amen. And so he says, My reigns they will instruct me in the night seasons. Now turn quickly to Psalms twenty-six. Psalms twenty-six verse one and two. When you're there, say I have it. Psalm twenty-six verse one and two says, Judge me, O Lord. For I have walked in my integrity, I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Verse 2. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Try my reins and my heart. Now, go over a few more chapters to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. And I want you to notice in verse 8. And notice with me in verse 9. Psalm 32. He said, I will instruct thee. And I will teach thee in the way that you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Verse 9. Don't be like the horse or as the mule. Now, what do we know about mules? Mules can be very stubborn. I don't think mules are all that intelligent either. So we got a clear directive from the Word of God here. Is you're not to be like a horse or as a mule. Amen. Which have no understanding, which have no discernment. Whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Now, notice that last statement. Lest they come near unto thee. Another translation says, they won't come unless you make them. They won't come unless you make them. Well, God is not going to make us do anything. And yet if we have this attitude, well, I'll just tell you, I'm just going to have to see a burning bush. I'm just going to have to get three prophecies and the sun's going to have to just go down right over my house. We should not, as spirit-filled Christians, require bits. You and I are to be rain-trained. Rain trained, what does that mean? Well, a rein is like the power steering on a horse. And it's just a little leather strap. And you just lay it on the horse's neck and just a slight movement and the horse responds. Is that you? Just a slight impression. Yes, Lord. I'm rain trained. I will respond quickly and I will respond quietly. Amen. I don't need a sign in the sky. I'm being rain trained by the Spirit of the living God. Follow your inner man. It could save some of your lives. You know, there's a lot of people that have lost their lives because they had homitis. Pilots, for example get done with the meeting they got to get home to mama and yet the weather is bad and they're not really trained appropriately to fly through weather like that and they've lost their lives homitis there's also another thing I call hormonitis <laughs> well i got to get married the clock's a ticking better for the clock to tick and you not get married than to marry some beer guzzlin', <laughs> god profaning heathen who will give you hell on earth for the rest of your life. I know I'm preaching good right now. So we don't want to get homeitis. We don't want to get hormonitis. We don't want to get any kind of itis. We want to be rain trained. Rain trained. Say it with me. I'm always in the right place at the right time. I'm led by God. And listen, folks, you cannot just plow through with your faith if the Spirit of God checks you on something in your life. Well, I'll just go ahead and marry that person anyway. You know, I just know my faith will overcome their difficulties. Uh-uh. If he's checking you, you better stop. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm just going to use my faith. On the inside of me, I just, I know I shouldn't get on that jet, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say what the Word says. God instructs you not to get on a jet, you better not get on that jet. Are you listening? Say it with me again, I'm always, I'm always. I'm I'm in the right place at the right time. And it's very important that the people around you do not pressure you to do things that you know you're not supposed to do. Amen? Amen. It's very important that the people that are in your life are front and center in the will of God and in the plan of God with you. Amen. Amen? Now, there is a path that God has for each and every one of us. And it's a good path. The Bible says that the path of the righteous... It's not getting darker and darker, no, but the path of the righteous is getting better and better. better and better. In other words, our life is getting gooder and gooder. Amen. Psalms 23 says he leads us in the paths of what? Right. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah. In Psalms 16 and 11, he says, he will show me the path of life. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Right. Look at that scripture, Psalms 16 verse 11. We've got a few more moments in this message today. How many of you are believing God with me today? Yes. You're not pulling on me, you're pulling from heaven, right? Yes. But I believe these next few moments are really important to this message. In Psalm 16 and verse 11, I can quote it. It says, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is what? Full of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. But I want to center in on this. In his presence there's fullness of joy. In the context of what we've been talking about is this. Let's follow His Spirit. Let's follow His presence. And just like Moses said, if your presence doesn't lead us, we're not going that way. But one earmark that will be evident in your life when you're on the right path is joy. When you are on God's designated path for your life, there's going to be joy in your life. And not just joy, but what else? Fullness of joy. Amen. Now, I want to talk to you for just a while today about another very important earmark that will be evident in your life when you are in His presence and when you are flowing in the pathways that He's got for you. Are you interested in that? Amen. I said, are you interested in that? Amen. Turn me to Colossians 3 and verse 14. We're going to look at the amplified version. And verse 5. And what I'm talking about is peace. Everyone say peace. Peace. In verse 14 and 15, it says, Above all these things, put on love and enfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. Now notice in verse 15. And let the peace, the soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule or act as a what? Act as an umpire continually. How many baseball fans we got here? A lot of baseball fans. What does an umpire do? An umpire calls the shots. He calls the strikes. He calls the balls. He calls safe or he calls out. Well, God has placed an umpire on the inside of you, if you will, called the peace of God. And the Spirit of God on the inside of us helps us decide with all finality what is right and what is wrong. Let God's peace, is what this is saying, decide and settle with finality all questions that arise in your mind. Are we instructed extensively to follow the peace of God? Now, when issues come up that you're not settled on, when questions come to your mind that you're not settled on, What do we let settle them? We let the peace of God settle all questions. Should I do this? Should I not do this? When I think about doing this, I don't have peace. When I think about not doing it, I don't have peace. Should we pay attention to that? Should we pay attention to the umpire on the inside of us? After all, who's calling the plays? Our commander-in-chief is calling the place. Hallelujah. Amen. So let the peace of God guide you. Amen. Is he not the God of peace? Yeah. Is he not the prince of peace? Yeah. Did he not rise up in the hinder part of the ship when the storm arose against them and said, Peace, be still. Amen. And we see in the word of God that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, no. but of power and of love. And a mind that is sound or a mind that is full of the peace of God. So you and I, we're to walk in peace every day. On Bill Day. I know I hit a chord right there. On Root Canal Day. On Diagnosis Day. Every day. Walking in the peace of God. Walking in the spirit. And not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. I'm walking in peace. Every day. All day. How about you? The peace of God. Now listen to these scriptures. He said, you will go out with peace. You will go out with joy. And you will be led forth with peace. Timothy says it like this, that we are to follow peace. The writer of Hebrews says that we are to follow peace with all men. Peace is something that we are to pursue when we're walking in the Spirit. Look quickly over to James, the third chapter. Notice with me in James chapter 3. I want to operate in the wisdom of God. How about you? Operating in the wisdom of God. Functioning in His wisdom. James 3 verse 17 says, But the wisdom that is from above. In other words, when something is straight from Him and comes from the Lord, here's the fruit of it. It is first pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruits without partiality, and without hypocrisy. How do we know what's God's, God's wisdom? If there's peace there. If there's peace there. The way of the Holy Spirit, the way of the leading of God, is always peace. The way of the flesh is always frustration. How many of you ever been to a doctor with a pain, and you went to him to discover that you were doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Say, for example, maybe you had a a pain in in your right ankle, and you had sprained your ankle, maybe you twisted or turned it, you were out for a walk, and yet, you just kept walking, you kept using it, you kept applying pressure on it. And the doctor said to you, Don't do that! Stop doing it! When something bothers you in the natural realm, you need to stop it. When something bothers you in your spirit, you've got to quit. Otherwise, it will bring frustration into your life. Lastly, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. And notice with me in verses 5 through 7. How many of you know that your mind plays a great part in your spirituality? If you walk in the flesh, you'll get frustrated. If you walk in peace, glory to God, you'll have the joy of the Lord. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says this. For they that are in the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are in the spirit, the things of the spirit. Read verse 6 with me. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Verse 7, read it with me. Because the carnal mind is an enemy with God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. Listen, friends. When you're walking down this path of His presence, let the peace of God rule you in everything you do. Keep your mind, the Bible says, stayed on Him. And when we keep our minds stayed on Him, here's what will happen. We will have not just peace, but we'll have perfect peace. Perfect peace. You know the word for perfect is shalom? And the word for peace is shalom? When we keep our minds on Him in this life, we're going to have a double whammy of shalom, shalom. And the word shalom means nothing missing and nothing broken. My prayer for you in your life is that you would not miss any good thing that the Lord has got for you, but that you would stay connected to the vine and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would stay your mind on Him and follow the light of God's ways for your life. You'll discover that in His light, you'll see more light. You'll discover that once God gets you in position that it's simply just an opening of the door for greater things in your life. Amen? And so then, it becomes our responsibility to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm yours. I delight to do your will. And I expose myself and position myself to your presence and to your guidance for my life. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet and let's pray a prayer before we go this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's lift our hands and be thankful to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you will practice the things that I've been teaching you since the beginning of the year, you'll get sharp. You'll get sharp. You won't want to be around people that are drinking from another source. You'll want to be around people that are drinking pure water from Him. Glory to God. And the other earmark of being on the path of God and in His presence of joy and peace is thanksgiving. So let's just thank God today for His Word. Let's thank God for His presence. Lord, we honor You today. We magnify Your holy name. We give You glory this morning, Lord. We thank You for putting us on the right path. Put Your hand over Your heart and say it with me in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm not just a hearer hearer of all these sermons sermons that I've been hearing hearing all year long long on greater glory glory and greater presence. presence. I activate activate this morning morning at at 1018 a.m. as an act of my will. I activate by faith The presence of the Lord. Lord. I choose. choose Every day of my life. life. To do your will. will. I'm no longer. longer Directionally challenged. challenged. Or externally led. But I am being internally led. led. by By the spirit of God. And so I submit myself to you. Teach me, way, God, Teach me thy way, O God, and show me thy paths. Path. Any path, Any path that, I on, that I am on, I shouldn't be on, shouldn't be on. Show, me, Lord, show me, Lord, and direct me by your light, and direct me by, and me by your Spirit. I believe that my future, my future. is very bright. I'll walk in the joy of the Lord. I'll walk in the peace of God. God. And I'll activate activate your presence every day day. through praise, through worship, worship. and through thanksgiving. thanksgiving. I'll just raise both hands. Let's do that for a moment. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.